With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. Need advice? Want to know what a pro would say? Get all the answers you need from professionals in this Fox 4 podcast. Ask the Experts. Welcome to another episode of Ask the Expert on Fox 4. I'm your host, Hannah Guthrie, and today we're talking about the law, a defense attorney. Hopefully you'll never need one, but if you do, I have an expert here who can tell you what to look for. Greg Watt with the Watt Law Firm. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, thank you, Tana. I appreciate your hospitality. It's nice to um, have this discussion. I'm sure there's a lot of viewers who uh, may not have a lot of understanding about what defense attorneys do, right. specifically in the criminal context. Of- oh, we know what you do. You go up there and yell, sidebar, judge, objection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't handle the truth. That's so, right. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, tell me about one of your cases that would make a good episode of CSI. Um, you know, there's there's several of them, but one that comes to uh, my memory is I had a young guy who came in. Um, this has been some years ago, and he said, Greg, he said, I've been wrongly accused of, of a crime. And uh, he said, you know, it's not something highly... Um, involved, he said it's not very serious. But I was I was accused of stealing, and um, he said I'm not willing to take a plea agreement of any kind. I didn't do this. And but doesn't everybody say that? Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> but you, you believe this guy. You, okay. Well, you know, here's the thing. I I really didn't necessarily in the beginning because. You know, he just—I had—I had asked him about his background. He'd had some run-ins in, in, with the law in the right. past, and so unfortunately, I probably didn't give him as much benefit of the doubt as I probably should have. Right. Um, and so he hired me, and we jumped into his case. We requested all, of course, the police reports. We requested the video from the store, and yeah, like I said, it wasn't a huge case. Um, but I started looking the video, and I said to myself, "Wow, this." person in the video looks exactly like my client, but yet he's saying he didn't do it. So what, you know, what's not adding up? So I went back and looked at the video a couple more times and I'm like, I just, it just looks like him. You know, what, what am I missing? And so there was a moment where I looked at it with him. I said, you got to, you got to, you got to look at this with me. Uh, I'm bringing you in because I think this guy resembles you to a T and so he goes, yeah, you're right. It does resemble me. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, but he said I didn't do it. So I leaned close to the computer, and I saw something in, in one of the frames that was basically an underbite. So the guy in the video, I looked at my client. I looked at the guy again. I said, you know what? What's weird is I can see a, a, a remarkable difference in the way the jaw line. Okay, so kinda, he's like this kind exactly, of jaw? Yeah. Exactly. So the guy in the video had a, a very protruding jaw. He had an underbite. And I said... Let me look at your, you know, turn to the side. Right. Let me look at you. And that was it. From there, we were off to the races. So uh, we got a medical expert involved because, uh, frankly, the prosecutor really wasn't um, on, on, on our side. Uh, he didn't see what we saw. But then we got a medical expert involved and started kind of laying out the differences of what uh, th- this man's jaw looked like, his facial sh- facial right. structure, and then described really, you can't fake an underbite. You either no, have it or right. you don't. Yeah. 
And so we got the case dismissed. And, and you know, I learned a lot about um, just trusting your client. I mean, sometimes you're going to deal with people who are going to lie to you. And I get that. But, you know, after that case, um, I really started uh, stepping back and just listening a little bit better, which I think is part of the job. Mm-hmm. Did so. they ever catch the bad guy? The no, underbite guy? Of course not. Oh, no. of course not. <laughs> Mr. Underbite, he's, he's in the wind. But your client was exonerated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a small case in the scheme of things, but to him, it was oh, a yeah. huge case. He's like, he said to me, look, my family, you know, I, my family trusts me finally, and I've earned that, and it took a long time to get that back, and I have been on the straight and narrow for some years now. Right. And he said, I am not going to you know, lose their trust over walking in and pleading guilty is something I didn't do. So what do you look for in a defense attorney? Good question. So um, I will tell you, the first thing I would look for is heart. You got to have somebody that's a little bit gamey, somebody that's going to step up and have some confidence to speak on your behalf. Um, If you don't have someone that is going to articulate the defense and going to stand up on your behalf for what the facts present uh, in terms of uh, facts that are uh, advantageous to your case, then you know you're not going to have much of a chance. So, so uh, heart is a big one. Um, obviously, credentials. You want to have somebody who has got the background in defense. I will say that I believe um, a background in law enforcement is paramount. Do you have that? I do. I do. So, I was a prosecutor um, in Jackson County, downtown Kansas City, um, for five years, and that's how I got my start. Um, I. Uh, was hired by um, who's an individual who's now a judge named Jim Knatzer. So he was the pro- he'll, he was the prosecutor for um, Jackson County for some years, and he hired me along with an, uh, another individual who's currently a judge named Kevin Harrell. And Kevin was uh, uh, Jim Knatzer's right hand man, and so um, I'd interned in that office, and then also the Tulsa County DA's office. And I knew I really enjoyed that world, and once I got into it, I, I enjoyed it for the five years I was there. Um, but I knew it wasn't going to be a long-term fit for me. It just wasn't wasn't a good fit for like a 10, 20, 30-year right. career. But then uh, why is it important, though, to have that defense background? I mean, the prosecu- prosecutorial yeah, yeah, uh, background? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So when you are a prosecutor, you are looking at cases from the very beginning. And so you're looking at what's called a referral from the police. So in our in our case... Uh, with Jackson County, most of those referrals from KCPD, okay? So KCPD is going to originate a case. The detectives that work up a case are going to put together a packet of reports um, that are relevant to that case and and all the issues pertaining to it. So that packet is then going to be sent over to the prosecutor's office. And so as a prosecutor, you're going to read through that packet, or in other words, read through that referral, and you're going to make some t- charging decisions. And those are big decisions because those affect a human being. And, right. and you're looking for evidence that gives you probable cause to uh, file it. And then you're also thinking two or three steps down the road, can I prove this case to a jury beyond a reasonable doubt? And so when you're making those filing decisions and when you're working with law enforcement and when you're working with your colleagues uh, at the prosecutor's office and judges uh, in terms of criminal cases, you learn so much more than if you would have just graduated law school, hung a shingle and said, hey, I'm a defense attorney. Um, And a lot of people do that, and and there's no disrespect to them, but you're never, ever going to have the same perspective 
and the ability to work with law enforcement, work with prosecutors, uh, unless you have that background. So I, I would say uh, a background as a prosecutor, huge. So heart, you got to have heart. And I would say you definitely need a background in law enforcement to some degree. And I think the third thing is the ability to relate to people. It's the ability to listen and listen to their issues and, and empathize and sympathize and to look at them as, as a human being who made a mistake. And, you know, that could be somebody's um, child. It could be somebody's daughter or son that went out and stole a pair of jeans. That, so you're talking about simple stuff, not necessarily yeah, murderers. Sure. But- Sure. So kids steal some jeans. Give me a story about that. Yeah, so so it happens all the time. So kids will go with their friends. They'll go to the Oak Park Mall or they'll go, you know, to Independence Mall or wherever the case may be. Uh, might go down to the plaza. They might steal a pair of jeans. They might steal, you know, who knows what, um, candy bar from Quick Trip. It doesn't matter. But kids are going to make mistakes. Adults are going to make mistakes. Um, everybody in between, they're yeah. going to make some mistakes. But the parents are going to say, "That's a good kid." He uh, the first time, he, you know, what are we going to do? Yeah, and and you yeah. know, here's the thing: they are. I mean, I get the luxury in this business of being optimistic. Every single case, I look at the case and say, "What opportunities do we have?" This is a person who isn't defined by this one mistake. And I think about, you know, I think about some of the things that my friends and I did—just stupid stuff that we got to we got to pass on right. just by just by the grace of God maybe we got to pass and we got an opportunity to not have that necessarily hold us uh, hold us down and so i think a good defense attorney also has the ability to look back at their own experiences as a human being look at the person across the table and say all right you made a mistake how do we pick up the pieces um, or they might need treatment. How do we get you into a treatment facility? How do we get you rehabilitation? Um, be honest about the issues you're facing, and let's see if we can get you back on track as a productive citizen. And, and I will tell you, we do it every day in my office. People always say, oh, you're a defense attorney, man. You know, How can you represent those people? And I will tell you, we put people on the right track every single day. It's exciting. It makes me wake up. It makes me reinvigorated every day about what humanity's capable of. And, and people are capable of changing. And plus, we just didn't get caught, like you said. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> you know, we didn't so, get caught. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cast that first stone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, you know, it is important to have a good defense attorney in cases like that. But also I'm thinking of the case of Ricky Kidd. The, yeah. You know, it was in the news. He was falsely convicted of two murders and 23 years in yes. prison. Yes, horrific. And he's out and he didn't do it. And, you yeah. know, a good defense attorney would have come in handy there. Sure, sure. Somebody's willing to look at the evidence somebody's willing to ask the hard questions in a trial, somebody that's that's willing to also keep abreast of all of the different changes in science that have happened even in my short career. I've only been I've only been out practicing law for about 11 years. So so much has changed. Like the DNA stuff. Is that just amazing? Yeah, yeah absolutely. DNA and then also so much of what I do um, is also involving um, behind-the-scenes work at crime labs and understanding the technology that they're using in terms of ballistics, in terms of uh, what we call gas chromatography, which is a separation science uh, for blood. So, you know, so often these cases that we're, we're getting, um, it's, well, your client had substances in their blood. And so we look at the evidence, we look at what's called, and I won't get into a lot of detail, but it's called a chromatogram. And it's produced by that technology. And if you can't read the chromatogram, if you don't have any background in 
uh, gas chromatography, uh, if you don't have any background in liquid chromatography, some of these tests that are being used by cram labs, well, what, you know, what good are you going to do your client? I mean, it's, you know, it's something that a lot of defense attorneys, they just bury their head in the sand and say, well, you know, that's, that's just kind of that CSI stuff behind the scenes. I'm not going to mess with it. No. You we need s- to mess with it. You got to yeah. mess with it. Yeah. Absolutely. So I've spent a ton of time and a ton of money training with the same tools that these forensic labs train with so that I can read the reports. And you know what? They may have done a bang-up job, and I may just look at the client and say, hey, they did their job. There is nothing here for us to do other than, you know, try to beg for mercy from the prosecutor. That may be it. Other times I look at at a report and I say, oh, we've got huge opportunities. And you can get them off. At, well, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Um, or we can, we, you know, we can introduce evidence at trial that shows that the crime lab was woefully mistaken in their analysis. And that's a, that's a big, big um, leap into the future because I will tell you, and I'm not trying to brag, but my office is the only one in Kansas City that's dealing with the forensic stuff on the level that we deal with. Only one. And we're extremely proud of that. So what do they use when they do those uh, outlines of the body? Is that spray paint <laughs> or chalk or what yeah, is it? So, so you, you know, what's funny is you see that on TV a ton. Yeah. And you see it for dramatic effect. But really, um, most of the time, I just don't see that. Um, oh, you don't? No. Most of the time, what we what we see is, is markers for... Um, it might be shell casings, things like that, and they might use mark a little bit of markers just to kind of indicate where the body was. But I'll tell you the biggest piece of evidence they, that they use to indicate where a body or some piece of evidence was relative to the space around it is simply photographs. Um, you know, it they, makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the photographs yeah. are going to come in, and um, and I will tell you what what we oftentimes see so often is everybody's got a cell phone on them and it's like take a photograph come on where are the photographs <laughs> you know um and officers and detectives sometimes are like oh yeah i should have done that <laughs> so now when you and your wife get into an argument there's no way she wins right well you know what she's an attorney also so oh, she so yeah. she might yeah. yeah so she um she had a great career at a, at a local law firm um that's now called stinson um so it was stinson mag then it was stinson morrison then stinson leonard street and now it's stinson but um she did civil work, so she did a lot of corporate work, mm. and uh, you know my hats off to her. That's that's uh, that's an area I could not have have the patience, you know. So before a trial, though, do you two role play? You know, I, she, did you make her play the bad guy? I, I will tell you, she's been great because um, I had a trial recently where she pointed out something that just just really saved my guy's bacon. We we got a, a not guilty on it, um, and he was accused of sending some. Uh, threatening emails to his ex. And so, you know, we brought in our expert as far as um, forensic uh, extraction of data and things from email, and he did his best, but there were certain limitations even with what he could do. So my wife just simply points out, she goes, wait a second, you guys, you and the prosecutor are arguing over two to three emails that he supposedly sent. Well, if he had actually sent these emails, she would have other emails other than like two or three. She would have like... If if he's stalking her. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, if that was his actual email address, there would be other emails. And I was like, and you know, of course my hair blows back. I'm like, you know, what? Did Um, you find them? No. No, there were no other emails. No, there were no other emails. And so in closing, I, I said to the jury, I said... If this were his actual email address, if he had actually used this actual email address, 
there would be other emails that she could point to or the the DA could point to that would be uh, indicative of that's his usual, you know, that's his email address. Um, And, uh, you know, it's so simple. But when you're waist deep in a case, you sometimes miss the most simple. So he was acquitted of stalking. Yeah, he was acquitted. She was a scorned woman and just she was very upset because um, he had moved from Arizona um, where they they were as a couple. And then there was a custody dispute over the daughter. And there was a lot of animosity between the couple. Um, But he looked at me and he's like, look. I didn't send these emails. <laughs> you know, he's like, Greg, I don't know how you're going to prove it, but I didn't send them. And I'm like, how am I going to prove that? Yeah, your wife. You <laughs> yeah. Now, do you ever handle cases where people, you know, there's a custody battle like over a dog or a pet? No, because I don't, you know, I don't do any family law cases. Okay. So I don't do any family law, personal injury law, landlord, tenant, social security. All I do is criminal defense. Okay. So I do felony. Which would be more exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do felony, misdemeanor, and DUI defense. That's all I do, just to keep it simple. And, um, what I will tell you though is uh, uh, animals obviously are a big deal. I mean, there's there uh, we've had some animal abuse cases come our way, and and what's interesting is um, sometimes the police get it wrong on those too. Um, we've gotten uh, forensic veterinarians involved who you know are able to do what's called a necropsy, which is like an autopsy, and they're able to go through the science and explain how this individual couldn't have you know, done this to this animal. And, and so, you know, we, we obviously are not looking in any way to, um, uh, we're not looking to, uh, highlight or, um, you know, uh, brag about, you know, anything we do, but we're trying to get to the truth in what we do. Um, and we're trying to get to the truth when somebody says, Hey, look, Greg, I need you because I'm not guilty of this. Um, sometimes we're able to really, you know, get straight to it. Is it important to have a defense attorney on speed dial? I do think so because, you know, I will tell you, um, very often what happens happens very quickly. You know, somebody that gets accused of something, nobody's prepared for it. And Mm -hmm. and I hope it never happens to anyone close to you, me, or anyone else in this room. Um, But good people make mistakes. I mean, they do. Good people will go to Applebee's and have a couple drinks, maybe a couple more than they should. They get pulled over for a DUI. I mean, that's the reality. Um, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying I'm proud of that reality. Um, I wish I didn't have any business. You know, I wish there was no business out there for me. But people are people are fallible. They're going to make mistakes. So okay. having one on, de- on having a defense attorney on speed dial, absolutely. So if somebody has more questions about a defense attorney and what is, what's involved, what's your website? So www.kcmetrodefense.com. kcmetrodefense.com. Absolutely. Okay. So kcmetrodefense.com, uh, the Watt Law Firm. My name is Greg Watt. And I will tell you, in, in, uh, in what we do, we're passionate, we're good at it, and uh, we wake up, re- wake up every day just thrilled to do it. Well, thanks for coming in. It was great talking with you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Join us next time for another episode of Ask the Expert on Fox 4.